Welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic Guys podcast of which we are the worst. I am Cody. I'm Alec. And I'm Eddie. And today we are going to talk about patience with God. Well, welcome back to Cody for starters. It's been a little while since you... Well, when was the last episode you were on? I don't know. Who knows? It's been a little bit of time. You went home. <laughs> he went home for a while to, to be with the family, and uh, and then we were just like, whatever. We don't need him. <laughs> I've been on one since then, when we talked about, uh, was it childlike faith? Or was it? That was it. That was it. Yeah. Yep. Wow, look at that. Uh, that, what we're that, talking was, about, that was back in September. That was ages yeah. ago. Well, then you went back to your family again. I did do that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we have a new topic today. Much one far younger and more powerful. <laughs> little Star Wars joke there for anybody. So what yeah. are we talking about? Um, well, I had pitched the idea to Eddie, and I, I never formally pitched it to Alec, but I'm assuming he was on either so pitched I, the I idea. I reserve or, the right to reject it at any point during yeah. this recording. <laughs> we'll just scrap it. Noted. It's just it's something that's been on my heart a lot lately. Uh, it's something that's occupied a lot of my thought in recent times. But so I guess to you know be vulnerable i have felt frequently lately like i'm kind of on the back burner right you know i i want to do more than i'm doing for the lord like i I, you know i'm praying and i feel like i'm taking it seriously you know and i'm trying to evangelize at work as much as i can in the context that i can i'm I'm not saying i'm doing a perfect job of that and I, i definitely could throw more effort into it and i'm not i'm not saying that i'm like oh i'm perfectly committed i'm running as hard as i possibly can so what? So why? The it sounds up? like you no longer qualify for sinner's take. I think we <laughs> need to move over to saint's take. <laughs> no, we Upgraded. understand that that's not what you're saying. That is all taken for granted from this point forward. That we understand that there's things that yeah. you need to work on. But yeah. So most of this is whining from me to God. I have felt a lot recently, like I'm just kind of on the back burner. Part of it is that for most of my life, my family moved a couple times. I had to change schools. Well, I mean, as much as anyone else would, right? Like middle school to to high school and, and elementary school. But when I was living in St. Louis, I went to a different high school than most of the other people that went to my middle school. So there was like a big change there. And then that the year after that, we moved. And I was at that school for a year. And then the way that that school runs its high school is super weird. The freshmen and sophomores are in one building and juniors and seniors are in another so i went to a a different school building so there was still something new and new teachers that i was around and then you go to college and every every summer i was doing something different and then i I worked in chicago for a year and then i came out here so granted for most of my life my experience has been things change very rapidly and so now things have not changed at all for longer than a year and I, i kind of feel like oh hey is something is something up like have you kind of forgotten that i'm here because i don't really feel like there's anything big that's new or exciting or something for me to like dive into so i guess it's been on my mind a lot and i mean i've, ha- I've had conversations with other people recently that have felt this way and I-, I think it might be something you know if that's not the specific thing or specifically not feeling like oh i'm not i'm not on the front lines or you know i've kind of been left behind at least feeling like you know what like where are you in the midst of this right like of the quarantine and not being able to go and see because i mean i know for my grandparents like they haven't been able to go out and see people at all you know they, they've just been stuck in in their house for was it like nine ten months now 
And that's scary. <laughs> that was longer than I thought it was. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised to, to, to find out that other people are also feeling either abandoned or overlooked or just forgotten by the father. So that that's where this is coming from. And I, I don't know if you guys have ever felt that way or do feel that way currently or what the... I mean, Alec, you're probably going through a similar thing right now because all that you have going on is, you know, quitting your job, getting into law school, <laughs> leaving for Indiana, going there, getting engaged, coming back here, getting married, and then, go- and then moving back yeah, to Yeah, so it's been a pretty Indiana uneventful again. last couple months. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, my brother getting married, uh, none of that really counts. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, you. is it... <laughs> I appreciate you bringing that, you know, opening your heart to this, but do you think that it's you just want something going on. Like if you, if your job was changing or there was some extracurricular thing that was changing, or is it like your relationship with God that feels more stagnant? And I don't know if stagnant is the word, but that's what was coming to mind. It could be both, you know, and and I I think that's probably what it is. I mean, I, I took on a new class this year, so there's, there's something new there. So the work has changed a little bit and uh, yeah, but I mean, outside of that, there's nothing really in my life that has changed all that much. Do you want it to change? Do you not like your life? Cody? No, that's the, that's the problem. That's what I'm saying is like, is I'm whining. I want, I want to feel like I'm doing more, you know? So I, I guess if I'm being really honest, it is whining because I really, I just want to feel like important to something or I want to feel utilized to like my fullest potential or I want to, I want to feel uh, excited about what's going on in my life. And, and again, not that my life isn't exciting or that I don't really enjoy it because I, I don't really want anything to change, right? So I guess why am I feeling like this? Maybe it is because I have not been pushing as, as or striving as hard, um, just given like more over into mediocrity or something. Anyways, I don't want to make this all about me. The point is that the Lord has spoken into this recently, right? So it's not, um, that's what I wanted to talk about was more what he said rather than what I'm feeling because what he says is infinitely more important. I think that, yeah, I think that's an important distinction here. This isn't just like, you know, you crying from a soapbox or whatever it might be, because like you said, you have taken it to prayer. There is movement that's going on. I think the problem is, is not that nothing is changing. It's that we get restless when there's nothing changing, I think, in our lives. And I think that's just natural human tendency. I mean, Alec, you, I mean, we were just joking that a lot has changed in your life, but up until that point, that was not the case at all, you know, for a couple of years where, and you had expressed that it was, it was tough to to just kind of feel like I'm not moving in a direction. And so where, where is the holiness there? And like, what does that mean? Has God really forgotten about you? Right. Spoilers. No, (laughs) (laughs) really? (laughs) But we were talking about it and he, I think it's pretty, very profound, but I think the the answer is there is holiness here to be had. I mean, Alex, do you want to touch on briefly your uh, experience of that? And I mean, I mean, I also experienced it for the past, you know, uh, you want to tell them about yours after I tell them about my experience it. with it? Yeah, <laughs> no, sure. <laughs> no, I mean, but after graduation and, you know, I was working, I've been working at the same job ever since, you know, and not being in a relationship and things like that. Like it feel, it starts to get like, okay, like what's going on here? Uh, and we get anxious and, and things of that nature. But I mean, Alec, you, you also, cause you also have, I and mean, I'm sure everyone has an experience like this at some point in their life. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, if so, some of the things that are coming to mind for me, and actually, I think this goes to the warm-up we just released probably by this time with Jasper about about hobbies where 
sometimes it's more fun to plan something than to actually do it. And we like the preparation sometimes more than the doing, but then more than not doing anything at all. So like when we feel like we have something coming, we, we enjoy that. So, um, that's what's coming to mind now. I don't know if that makes a little bit of sense. And how does, how do, I mean, how does that play into like engagement? Like, have you felt that like, oh man, it's so exciting to like think about, oh man, like we're finally going to, you know, but I mean, I'll, I'll answer that yeah. in, in seven days time, I guess, Not you know, <laughs> you know, after, after that ends, what, what does yeah. that look like? I mean, I, well, I you'll suppose. be married when this episode goes up theoretically. That's true. So yeah. congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> congratulations. You so are far, we're married. very happy. <laughs> <laughs> the two days that you theoretically have been married at this point. Um, but I, I know that I have struggled with that, like enjoying the planning versus the doing. Um, but I have come to really enjoy change. I think similar to Cody that I like when things are changing, which is why it was difficult. And it makes me think of the, you know, the, the sleeping adage, the the best position is the next position. If you stay in one position too long, you're going to get uncomfortable doesn't matter how comfy the chair is or the bed is you need to move mm-hmm. and i think before i actually answer eddie's question which is what was my experience with it um i think generationally there is something to this because i mean how many of our parents have worked at a company like 30 years i don't know anyone who's worked at a company more than five years i mean eddie's been at his school for like five years but and maybe it's just that we're earlier in the workforce but i don't think it's as common these days to stay in jobs for a very long time. And I think we're used to change and just feels like things have been sped up. So to go to my experience with it, yeah, after I came back from Germany, as has been mentioned, no shortage of times, I didn't really know where I was going because I think I was kind of banking on that working, at least deep down. Like I was still doing the other things to make sure I was still getting a degree and stuff, but I was banking on that working. And then as any young Catholic man contemplates priesthood or is the field I chose the one I want. Spoiler alert, it wasn't. I ended up changing from psychology to law, but just, yeah, discerning all of that and feeling like there's a right decision and a, and a many wrong decisions. And for me, that was the, that's been the hard part with my relationship with God is most, he's, he's very hands off in the sense of like, you're all of those are fine just pick any one and do it and i got your back Mm -hmm. which like you know sometimes we'd rather be forced into a decision so we can complain about it and then we don't have to make the decision (laughs) (laughs) but yeah the actual deciding is difficult and so for me it was just a matter of pick one and go and if you find out that it's no good turn around and pick another one at least now something has changed uh but as far as the patience of it for me i just turned inward because a lot of the patience was finding a significant other. And so that was making sure that I was in a proper place to be, uh, I guess a beneficial part of someone else's life. I don't know. Um, and then as far as going somewhere, it was just a matter of deciding and starting. But I think that's a little different from being somewhere you want to be. Like for me, it was, how do I start going a direction and now I'm still like in the beginning stages of this new direction. So I think it might be different from uh, what you're experiencing, which is like, I feel like it's not moving. Yeah, I think with the whole patience thing of it and 
we like change and even people who say they don't like change probably like change because they at least most people you know we like the drama of things and having things to do but i mean i and we i feel like we talk about this a lot as well where we talk about just the differences in, for humanity in today's age than what it used to be because like change was not a thing really at all for anybody <laughs> i mean <laughs> You were born into a family and you did the career that that family had and you lived in the town that you were born into and, you know, maybe you went on a pilgrimage in your life and maybe you went to war and maybe you died. <laughs> those are pretty much your options. Well, for definitely changing. you died. Yeah, but I mean, those <laughs> are pretty much your options for, for drastic change in your life. And that's not the case for us anymore. We're very much so used to, one, there's a lot of it ingrained in our life between college and careers and things of that nature that we have have so much choice for. Where so much of, I think, discernment and um, having to work on this, you know, where like pick something and do it. And the kind of the the, the being um, half in, half out and the, the nervous feet of like making decisions where it's new. Like in the, in the relative terms of like humanity, it's not something that there isn't a lot of people have experienced yet in, in as far as like timeline wise. Because even like things like marriage and stuff, like there really was only a handful of people your age in your town who you were going to get married to. And most of the time you didn't decide who that was. So, uh, it was just like, I don't know, there's this whole new set of decisions that like humanity. And, we're, and so we're, we're not good at like just sitting when, and we don't like the peaceful life. Right. I mean, we all, we always, we not, we always, but everyone always talks about how, you know, that peaceful life and, and the simple life and things like that, and how there's beauty in it. But then when it like comes and smacks you in the face, we're like, we're like, uh, I don't want that, right? <laughs> and I think there's a lot of things that we'll get into what why that is just right now in a, in a moment. But I think there's something there with humanity is just experiencing things. Yeah, a note now. I have on that is I used to when I was coaching soccer, I would refer to them as montage players because they would want to make progress the same way a character in a movie does during a montage. Like we get to experience their years of effort and grinding and pain in like 30 seconds. And then we see the payoff. We see the difficult start and the payoff, but we don't sit with them for the whole long part. And we see all of this time. And so I think that that like is almost what we expect. We don't have the patience to do the, the years of grind. I say we, because I am this way, right? It's, uh, the the years of grinding that so many of these stories worth telling that we are seeing require, but we are wanting what the stories are showing without doing what the stories are skipping. If that makes sense. Yeah, that is, um, I, I may have even used this quote before, but in Lord of the Rings in the second book, I think I almost definitely did, but here it is again. <laughs> Because I think it's really buckle relevant. up. <laughs> I think it's really relevant. Is skip uh, ahead fifteen seconds if you know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, Frodo and Sam are, are they're most it's it's halfway through the second book, and so they're they're separated from the rest of the party, and they're in this cave. It's cold. It smells like like death. Um, and they're running out of food. They're running out of water, and they are just dog tired because they had to climb this this staircase that was like impossibly steep and they sit down and Frodo's like, I, I wish we had never come. Uh, Sam says, you know, I, I suspect that there are a lot of stories like, like the, the stories that we hear about. I suspect that there are a lot of times where they like us had the option to turn around and just walk away from it. 
but then we never would have heard that story because it wouldn't have an ending like that we only hear about the stories about people that pushed through and and went on to their final end whatever end that is uh and it always seems like their path is just laid that way you know it's not it's not like adventure is something that they went out the people in stories that matter adventure is not something that they went out and sought it's something that they were either called to or like stumbled upon and i think that's similar here but the like our long dark tunnel and the steep staircase i think is more like the mundane or the day-to-day it's not it's not as much of a oh like this great exertion of effort it's more of a it's patience with i don't think anything should change in my life right now and there's there's nothing pointing me to the fact that something should change but i still want something to change because i yeah exactly i I want the montage i want to montage past the boring part and get to the part that is fun or is exciting or and we we need to learn to to like and appreciate the that boring we and we've done things about this right there's beauty in the mundane and that's been the plot of like a lot of stuff, including this, the, basically the movie Soul that just came out, yeah. uh, which I think we're going to talk about at some point. Because if we look at people who don't live that out, they actually are not usually, it's not usually people who you want to really be around. I think to the episode of Parks and Recreation or the series of episodes where, for those of you guys who haven't seen it, one of the characters, Leslie Nope, dates this guy who seems really awesome at first, but then eventually he just like is always looking for the next story and he pushes the next story so far that like it becomes annoying and at the expense of other people, where in Ro- the Ron Swanson, you know, the voice of reason, oftentimes in the show says he's a tourist, right? He goes into people's lives, takes his pictures, and moves on to the next thing. And that his that whole thing, and I don't know if that's, this is the case for everybody. I'm sure everybody was annoyed by him. Like I personally have struggled with people in my life who are like that in general. Um, there's a lot of them in college, right? I mean, because college is the place where you you've got to make a name, right? You've got to. That's all about the stories that you can tell. And I always was very. Uh, rubbed the wrong way by that where people they they just feel insincere they feel like you're like we're we're just always missing out on like you're missing out on everything that i'm not doing and i feel like it's pretty it, it can oftentimes transition into a very selfish way of living and there's no rest and there's no authentic joy you're just chasing one high to another so there's no peace which you know jesus is the, the prince of peace like he that that's what he wants to bring to your life is peace i mean there's a way to be calm through the storm but i think ultimately like he wants you to be at peace, you know? So just something to think about as well. So at this point, I, I do want to talk about how, how the father spoke into this for me. When I was back at home uh, over the Christmas break, I spent a lot of time um, praying because there wasn't much to do. And bringing this, this question or this kind of aggravation or, again, whining to, to him... <laughs> To put it delicately. <laughs> <laughs> um, to him a lot. And I've had the conversation with myself, right? Or like thought through the whole process over and over and over again. But I keep going through it because I eventually I want it to work and the whining to win out. But as it turned out, mo- most of the stories that um, were either read as gospel readings or um, I'm reading through Acts of the Apostles and uh, some of the stories that came up in there all had to do with it, it seems like this is God's MO, right? The the his his classic move is we're gonna wait and then at the time that is probably most inconvenient for you, we're gonna make our biggest move. We're gonna make five biggest moves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and again, it's it's hard to judge timing 
uh, in the Old Testament because we don't know what a year constitutes, but a year was never a short amount of time, um, probably. So the, the part that I was reading in Acts was it's, it's when Stephen is about to be martyred, he goes back through all of salvation history to build up to Jesus so we can tell them, hey, this is like this whole this whole story, this whole narrative, the whole thing that we've been talking about for years finally came to a head and you you killed it. You know right. what he starts and we've that, got Saint Stephen, you know what he starts doing? He starts monologuing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the dude's on a silver plate. <laughs> um But yeah, so he goes through all of salvation history and he talks about oh, you know, first about Abraham. You know how the the father of faith is what is what he's affectionately referred to as, and the dude was like a hundred years old when God came to him and was like, "Hey, now pick up your life and you're gonna move across. Like you're just gonna take all these people and be the head of this family." Okay, you know, and then again, a hundred years old. Now you're gonna have a son, and you're gonna father an even greater nation, like so many kids. Right, you're not even gonna be able to count them. So many kids, or descendants, really, not kids. But so he had to wait till he was a hundred. <laughs> he was just doing his thing. We don't know what he was doing before that, right? And then, and then he moves on to Moses, or I mean, we could even go to who is it? Joseph, Jacob's son, who I, I mean, you can even talk about Jacob. But we go on to we'll talk about Joseph, Jacob's son, who was sold into slavery and lived as a slave for X number of years, and then moved on to be to live with the pharaoh for x number of years you know he was sold into slavery when he was a kid and by the time he's like 30 that's when god starts making moves with him and not to mention like the amount of time that he's in pharaoh's service is a substantial amount of time because uh you know there was seven years of of good food and then seven years of famine and then then (laughs) so 14 right there (laughs) there's 14 so that was that was the whole point of the dream it is seven right Sounds right. something like that yeah, yeah. but uh and then we move on to moses and and he's talking about moses how he was you know as a baby taken in uh by the the royal family and when he was 40 that's when he goes out and sees the hebrew man being mistreated by the the egyptian and he kills the egyptian so at 40 he becomes a murderer and then runs into the desert and he lives another 40 years and that's when god appears in the burning bush is like hey now's the time right now that you're 80 years old and a murderer now you go back right um and then just to skip ahead like god himself he comes down and becomes incarnate and that should be like sparks are flying right like this dude should just be going off but for 30 years he just just, carpented yeah carpented (laughs) he just took it easy you know did his thing stayed in his lane um and lived his life right and then when he was 30 when when he's 30 that's when he you know he's finally called to action and that brought me a lot of peace <laughs> yeah, people are always like how can we never hear more about jesus's early life i don't want to read that book <laughs> i don't want to read jesus's 30 years of being and a carpenter this table didn't turn out quite as good as the other table <laughs> yeah People talk about how Lord of the Rings kind of drags. Like, yeah. <laughs> that would be forever. So, I don't know. I guess it brought me a lot of peace because it makes me feel like I'm in good company, right? That these people who are upheld as 
and, and like the great movers and shakers of, of the Christian tradition and like God's most powerful pieces in salvation history, he waited on for years and years and years. <laughs> and sometimes even after, right? Like you look at like someone like Mary where Jesus died and it's like, I'm just going to go live with John. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. And you know, I'm sure she had roles in the early church to like, you know, make sure that they weren't doing things dumb. I, you know, like a mom would, but you know what? Imagine, imagine like going back to semi-ordinary. I mean, the life of the apostles was not ordinary by any stretch of the imagination, but from like being the mother of the son of God, who's working miracles. And then like, and then it's over, right? Like her, her suffering, like she went through it and then it wasn't over for her though. You know, like she had again, a period of waiting of before her assumption and, Death question mark? Maybe that's another one for, for another episode. <laughs> little warm up action. <laughs> just remember at school when all your friends got picked up and you were just sitting there waiting to get picked up? But like times a million. Yeah. I walked home. So no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Even with Therese of Lazoo, her life was admittedly not super long, but she lived until she was 20 in a small town where nobody really knew her. And she died at 24, kind of unknown and seen by, you know, some of the other people in the monastery as like, ah, she like, you know, what'd she do? What'd she accomplish? You know? And then after 20 years, she didn't even see the fruit of it, but after 20 years, you know, now, you know, her, her journal or her diary has, has like exploded and, and is, is producing fruit and her, like her intercession is tops. I've heard amazingly powerful. (laughs) It's tops. Cody, I have a question for you. Yeah. Because we're talking about this, but it occurs to me that the way you were phrasing it before was that you felt like maybe you weren't doing enough. You weren't being fully utilized by God to glorify his kingdom. How much of that feels real and how much of that feels like maybe the devil is kind of getting in your ear about, see, like nothing's happening. He's not using you. I don't know. You know what I mean? It definitely is. I mean, I, I think if I was perfectly patient, I'd be okay with this. Right. And if there was something genuinely that I could be doing, I don't want to say it would be obvious. Like I, I could be more creative in the ways that I, that I serve him, but you're um, not rejecting ministry I'm, opportunities. Exactly. It's not like things have come to light and I just, no, I'm not going <laughs> to do, you know, no. So it's not like that. And it definitely is right. It It is hard for me to call that voice out though and be like, Hey, you're lying to me right now. I know that's not true because when I look at my life and I try and analyze the evidence and like pr- prove to him that it's not true, I have a hard time coming up with evidence like, oh, maybe you're right about that. <laughs> but then there's this evidence, you know, from that from where the father has spoken into it that like, I don't think you always have to be doing super much. I, I don't, you know, because I, I, I think like you said, there's, there's a lot of beauty in the mundane and the peaceful and like the, the just like very rhythmic life and i think there's a lot of work to be done there too again therese her diary would have been worthless if those 20 years or 24 years had been spent not doing what she was doing and not opening herself up to the lord in prayer and not letting herself be transformed by him and jesus is 30 i again i don't know if that's an interesting question too would mary have needed formation right like is is jesus being in the home like forming mary to some degree right would those thir- 
would she have been able to fulfill her role as mother of the church if she had not been mother to him first for 30 years, right? Had she not practiced for 30 years how to be mother to Jesus, would she have been as effective in her role as mother of the church? I don't know, right? There's a lot to be said for the work that is done when it seems like no work is being done. And still the work that you're doing, like the impact you're having on the people around. I mean, I love being home because I get to be around you guys and like, even if you don't feel like you're making some grand outward impact, just the time you're spending with the people around you goes a long way. I know that my parents always joke because whenever they ask me to do something, I always just say that I'm busy. And like jokingly, not actually, I, I, then I help them. Uh-huh. But like sometimes maybe I'm not busy and I do say I'm busy, <laughs> you know? I, I don't know. I'm just thinking about even just day to day, the helpfulness of the, of the people right in front of you in your life to not undervalue that um there's there's definitely something still there and i think that that really is what really gets to the heart is when you shift the emphasis from other people and evangelization and this mission to it's you and jesus you know that's where i think all of this kind of starts to fall into its right places because you know the church is called to evangelize but i think a lot of times people and not just evangelization, but, you know, service to the poor, service to, in all things, work, everything, it just, it becomes the thing itself. I evangelize because my faith is evangelization. When in reality, no, and I fall victim to that, like, a, a lot, right? My faith is in Jesus Christ, you know, in Him crucified and risen, and, you know, the, the Catholic Church, and having a relationship with Him. Whatever else comes along is bonus really is really what it is right so that's the i think that once you orientate those things properly they fall they slot into the right places where it's like think how nice it is that there's a period of time in my life where all i can do is or not all i can do but most of what i'm being called to do is is to have a private life with the lord you know and again what most of the good saints sought out you know like a lot of most saints <laughs> seek that and then they get dragged into other situations that they mostly don't really want to do <laughs> and then for whatever reason because life throws things at them yeah i think that i think that that's i think it's something that everyone struggles with all the time okay the one last thought that i want to express as i've been thinking about this is really it's kind of all of this kind of i think stems from my pride as well like wanting to do something that it again to be important to be recognized and to be like oh man what a great thing he just did right when i i don't I don't know that everyone is called to that. Like not, I don't know that everyone is called to be the hero of the story. Right. And Almost no one is. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so it, having patience in that as well. And, and knowing that the great, the great work might be affecting someone who affects someone who affects someone. And that wouldn't have happened. Had you not affected that first, you know, you never know you have a, you have a part to play. Like that's definitive. There's something that you're meant to do. It might not be the thing that's put in the spotlight. That's, again, like Eddie said, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is that I get holy and have a relationship with Jesus. And doing something that everyone notices or not basically has no bearing on I I don't even have to say basically. It has no bearing on that. (laughs) 100% reason to forget the name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, asking what needs to be done instead of trying to do something like it's not about me doing something it's about there is something that needs to be done 
And so like, if there's nothing in front of you that needs to be done, then don't, don't make it, yeah, don't make it about you trying to do something and force it. Patience is a virtue.